get your finances in order so that you can tolerate risk. You have the leverage to invest in additional real estate or additional investments. You're listening to Investing for Good, a show that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design, and impact the world around them. And now, here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, Julie, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing well. Um, you know, economy kind of opening back up and kind of getting back to semi-normal life. Kids are going off to summer camp uh, next week, and I'm super psyched about that because, one, we've been cooped up for the last three months together, and, um, and two, they're going to be outdoors hiking every day for three weeks. And so just to go from being trapped inside a house and only getting out to exercise to going out and hiking in the mountains for, for a couple of weeks is, um, you know, I'm excited for them to have that. So, yeah, what about you? Yeah, it's well, my older son, Kai, he's in uh, Bola this week. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's so good for them to be outdoors. Yeah. And it's so good for us, yeah. too, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. just going from um, two kids down to one kid at home. Yeah. Oh, makes a world of difference. As you know, I know. You know, your girls will be, but your, your son will be home and I'm sure yeah. it'll be so different. You know, yeah. Good for them, good for yeah. us. It's a win-win all around. Yeah. Actually all three will be gone. So I'm oh, going, I'm three. like doing the happy dance. What are you going to do with all that time? I do not know. I know it's like crazy. I don't, I have no idea. I'm trying to plan now, but I don't know. I'm excited. So yeah, I'll have like six hours to myself of silence. <laughs> it's oh going to be crazy. Gosh. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. But, uh, yeah. well, speaking of being a mom, yeah. um, our guest today is Megan Lamke, who is also a mom. She's also a realtor, a passive investor and a multifamily syndicator. Mm-hmm. And what I love about her story, which reminds me somewhat of your story too, yeah. is, yeah. um, that she started from a place of, um, having some consumer debt. Mm-hmm. And then she and her husband really worked to pay that off. So tell tell the listeners about your story because they probably don't know yeah. that about you. Everybody sees Julie and it's like, Julie's all put together. Right. Like she's got all these investments, but they don't know where you started. So tell yeah. that story. Yeah. Real quick. I mean, you know, it's funny because when I first met my husband, he I was looking at buying a house and he was still living at home. And I was like, oh man, you need to move out. We were kind of like, I don't know if we were dating yet really, but we were out of your house and like find some independence. And I was like, have you ever thought about buying a home? Because he was like, oh yeah, maybe I'll go rent a room. Anyway, so then I said, why don't you go get, um, you know, approved? See if you can get approved because of what does it hurt you? You know, pulling your credit or whatever. So he goes to struggling to get approved for a house because I had all of this credit card debt and I was driving a Mercedes. <laughs> so it's like when you drive a Mercedes, Mercedes and you have all this credit card debt, you know, lenders are like, yeah, I mean, my credit was good, but I, I just didn't know how to take all of that debt down and then have, you know, the debt to income ratio be enough so I could buy a home. Anyway, he goes and applies for the house and gets approved because he had zero debt and he had money. And I was just like, oh my gosh, tell me about this. So actually it's funny because my husband was the one who introduced me to this idea of like, Hey, when you get a credit card, you pay it off. And I was like, what do you mean you pay it off? I'm like, you pay it off like in full. He's like, yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't know. So that was my 
the beginning of like my journey to where I am now, that was 12, 13 years ago now. Um, but yeah, I had loads of debt and didn't know how to manage my money. I just had what I had and then, and then some from a credit card and, you know, took it all, took all whatever I could get and had no idea about managing my finances. And, um, that was like the beginning part of it right there was, okay, got to get, pay off the debt. And then the next step for us was to save and then it got to the point where we're like, okay, we saved, we have no debt. Now what? Now what do we do? Right. And traditional financial advice tells you to go invest in stocks and mutual, mutual funds and bonds and things like that. And I was like, no, like I want to invest and like retire like now, not 30 years from now. And then that began my journey. And then, you know, four years ago was when I fell into all of this stuff. But, uh, but yeah. And so anyway, so much, um, similarity between, um, you know, Megan's story of where she started with all of that debt, uh, to where she is now. And, um, you know, if anyone out there has a lot of debt, you know, really that is your first step is getting control of that, really understanding how do I bring that down or eliminate it altogether and then turning in what you used to spend into savings and then taking that savings and investing. We talk a lot about that in this episode. So it's so smart. And, you know, I love how Megan talks about how she and her husband went through Financial Peace University with mm-hmm. Dave Ramsey. And yeah. Now they now that they've graduated, they've become instructors of the course. Yes. And the other thing I loved um, was how she um, incentivizes the the tenants in her properties and her rental properties. That's right. Yes. Take through the, the program. Yes. Well, yes. And then she reimburses them for the program. I love that because it's paying it forward. Yep. And especially right now in the midst of this pandemic where people are using up their cash reserves, they wish they had saved. They wish they had gotten out of debt before all of this happened. Um, what a gift that she's giving to her, the communities that she's investing in. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a big reminder to everyone out there, if you are in a situation where you don't have any money or you're trying to find a way, find a mentor, find a guide, because it is so much easier. I wish that I had found a guide like, like, you know, in, you know, FI and all the things that we do way back when, because it probably would have shortcut my time. I didn't discover this till recently. Um, but find a guide. There's plenty, plenty of them out there and, um, it can certainly cut your learning curve in half. All right. Well, without further ado, here's our conversation with Megan Lamke. Hey everyone, I'm Annie Dickerson here with my co-host Julie Lamb and today we have with us Megan Lamke, former marketing executive who is now a full-time realtor, passive investor and multifamily syndicator. Megan, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Annie? Good. We're so glad that you are here. Now, Megan, you and your husband currently own almost 400 units throughout the U.S., which seems like a big number. And I know it didn't happen overnight. So take us back to the beginning of your real estate investing journey, back to when you bought your first home. Now, you were working as a marketing executive then, is that right? Yep. I was working as a marketing executive then. And what we decided to do was purchase our first primary residence. Um, and it was just a fixer upper in up and coming area in the Twin Cities. So six bedroom, two bathroom, bought it at the low point in the market for $139,000. Um, and we were both playing semi-professional rugby at the time. So we convinced 
six of our rugby teammates to come live with us and pay us rent and help us renovate this house. So <laughs> that's what we did is uh, before we knew what house hacking <coughs> and the bird strategy was, we implemented both of them and we're off to the races. Wow. Okay. So you, you went to buy your first home and then how did you, I mean, how did you even know to invite I mean, where did you even find these rugby players and <laughs> how did you even come across that concept that they, you can invite them in, they could live with you, they could pay rent? Yeah. So in high school, I actually read Cashflow Quadrant and Rich Dad Poor Dad. And so I knew some of these concepts about real estate investing and using leverage and um, other people's money and kind of helping that offset your lifestyle. And so when Derek and I got married and started talking about our goals and dreams, this kind of ebbed and flowed into that as a way to help us pay down the mortgage really, really fast so that we could live and give like nobody else. Mm. Tell me what that means. Cause I, I saw that you yeah. wrote that live and give like nobody else. What does that mean to you? Yeah. So this goes back to this marriage prep class that Derek and I went through, we started going through Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, where they teach you how to get out of debt really, really fast so that you can live a purpose-driven life and make a really big impact. So for me, that means giving half of my income away to help 501c3 organizations in some of the most impoverished places in the world. So helping kids that don't have parents, don't have stable education, um, sometimes are being trafficked, just putting a stop to all of that and and giving them uh, hope and a future and a home. Mm, I love that. So, okay. so Sorry, let, that was a lot to unpack. That's great. Yeah, we're definitely <laughs> going to come back to that for sure. I love that, you know, all of what you're doing with real estate has a an underlying purpose. It's not just about the homes yeah. that you're buying, but it's about being able to live your life and serve your purpose and also to give back to the community. So I love yeah. all of that. Um, so at this point, so you had read Cashflow Quadrant. You had this concept that you could um, leverage your home and have people help you pay down your mortgage. So you did that with the rugby team. You invited a rugby team yeah. into your house. Um, <laughs> yeah. And wait, well, okay. So what was that like? How many bedrooms did you have and how many, like how many rugby players were living in your home with you? <laughs> yeah. So we had a six bedroom, two bathroom house. Okay, okay. Um, and then over the course of eight years have had six different roommates to fill up all of the bedrooms. Sometimes people shared, but knowing that when you go to play professional sport, you really want to minimize your living expenses because you get a small stipend. And so knowing that there was that kind of a market for our teammates. Right. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. And what year yeah. was this that you that you guys <laughs> bought the house? Yeah. So we bought the house in 2011. And then okay. um, as the market changed, um, mm -hmm. the house actually more than doubled in value in addition to some of the renovations that we did. Mm -hmm. So we thought it was a really great time to sell the house. And since mm -hmm. we had paid off the mortgage and had paid off all of our debt, we use the profits from the sale of that home to invest in multifamily syndications. 
So you guys paid off the mortgage in how many years? Eight? Did you say eight years? Eight years. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yep. That is incredible. And was that like the strategy that you used? Was that part of what you learned at Dave Ramsey's program or how did you, I yeah. mean, paying down a mortgage in eight years is, is pretty, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty incredible. I mean, I guess, I guess part of it though is because you had so many other people living there and helping you, you know, pay down that debt. Um, yeah. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. Well, during that time, in addition mm-hmm. to um, collecting rent, I also was a marketing executive and had three other jobs. So this whole oh practice teaches, <laughs> teaches you to be really gazelle intense until you uh, get all the way out of debt. So like mm-hmm. during this time, we paid off three large credit cards. We paid cash for two cars, sold two really expensive cars. Um, we paid off our home equity line of credit. And like my student loans were almost $200,000. So being very, very intentional about Mm -hmm. how do we get out of debt quickly so that we can live this purpose-driven life because we both feel that God's called us to so much more than just paying bills. Right, (laughs) yeah. Let's figure out how we can make a difference once we get the money part out of the way. So what were the two other jobs that you had? Yeah, so obviously I was a marketing executive. I tutored for college nannies and tutors. Um, I was a waitress at the Timberwolves game. (laughs) (laughs) And then I built websites for entrepreneurs and small businesses and then coached high school rugby team. So a whole bunch of things. So this was definitely before you had kids though. (laughs) Yeah, this is, Uh, okay. (laughs) I was sleeping through the night. I had so much extra time. Oh, the luxuries. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah. Oh, but oh okay, gosh. so I imagine that there might be some listeners out there who are in that place where they're, you know, they have all this debt that they've accumulated, they have credit cards, they maybe have a mortgage and all this stuff. You know, what was that point where you were like, wait a second, this isn't the life we wanted to live. We didn't want to pay all these bills. We have a yeah. better for our our life. Was there a moment when you had that realization? Yeah, for me, it was when we sat down in, in this class and we talked about what our relationship with money was. So growing up, um, my parents were entrepreneurs but had filed bankruptcy. And so th- we lost our house. And so I got to see what that can possibly do to a family, but we we're all really close. And um, thank God for loving parents because we would not have survived without that. And then my mom actually passed away really, really suddenly uh, my junior year in college. And so knowing that time is precious and um, I didn't want to take astronomical risks with money kind of really shaped my whole viewpoint on how we can use money as leverage, but do it safely and conservatively. Um, so brought that into the conversation with Derek in this financial peace university class. And he was like, yeah, I like living conservatively too, but I think we should be really intense about this and get out of it quick. So that's right. how it all started. Wow. Bankruptcy as a kid. What, what was that? Yeah. Like? What was the impact on your family? Yeah. I mean, again, and thank God I have an amazing parents. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were able to stay in the same school district. We lost our house. We moved to an apartment. So I have 
three younger biological siblings. So we all shared rooms. We <laughs> um, grew really, really close as a family um, and realized what's important in life and what isn't. And that quality time is always time well invested or when you invest mm -hmm. time in yeah. others, it's always well invested, but um, you know, you can't necessarily mm -hmm. get that back. Yeah. So you guys bought this house, you paid off the mortgage. So we're at like, we're, where are we? 2011? We're at like what, 2018, 2019? So that was like yeah, a year so, or two ago that you guys sold. What were kind of yep. like the next steps after that? Yeah. So literally the next steps after that were, okay, we have this huge chunk of profit from selling our house. Who do we know that can help us invest this yeah. in an apartment building? Because along the way, while getting my real estate license and going to local Menrias and doing some website building and um, consulting work for property management companies locally, I built this network of people who were in the multifamily real estate space and many of whom are investing in apartments and like, Megan, if you can find a way to just scale up really, really quickly, it's going to be a benefit for you. You're not having to, you get those economies of scale. And so worked with a couple of local mentors here to figure out what type of criteria I should look for. And then mm -hmm. we started deploying cash <laughs> into well-established groups that um, had really great syndication track records. So you were in this house for eight years, but then how, you mentioned you were going to like meetups. Why were you going to those? Was it like at some point you must have said, wow, like this, you know, real estate is incredible. Was it just still because you had read Cashflow Quadrant and you were, you know, really turned on to real estate? Like how did you even get to that point of knowing that, you know, going down real estate and becoming on, you know, being more active was what you wanted to do? Yeah. So I started consulting for a local property management company in 2016 Okay. And building their website, helping with a lot of their lead gen and marketing. And that really opened my eyes into commercial real estate, specifically multifamily real estate. Um, they encouraged me to get my real estate license. And then that's when a lot of the networking happened. Awesome. Cool. So then tell us about the deals that you've done as far as like syndications go. Yeah. So syndications, we... It's short and sweet. So we bought an 18 unit in Duluth where I was the general partner and had two really great girlfriends syndicate with us. So really easy to do lender or to do capital calls and stuff like that. Um, so 18 unit, it's in an opportunity zone in Duluth. Um, it's a heavy value add. It's situated in between two really great colleges. Um, so we closed that at the end of 2019 and then we invested in 360 units in florida uh, passively mm -hmm. okay so cool. that has like an 18 percent irr mm -hmm. and has generated enough money to cover living expenses especially daycare so yes enabling me to continue to focus day-to-day -day on sourcing multifamily properties and selling residential real estate so how did you guys decide on that property, the 18 unit? Like, I, like, it's always so scary for me when I think about buying smaller, 
like multifamily, like, you know, buy it's weird. It's opposite thinking, right? Like thinking about buying a 200 unit, like no problem, no big deal. You're buying a business. It's mm-hmm. fully operating. You have, you know, people who are, you pay to run the property for you. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, seems very, uh, a little bit more safe. But when I think about mm-hmm. buying an 18, you know, you're kind of on your own, right? And in, in right terms of property management and, you know, just operating the whole thing. And how did you, where, how did you get comfortable with buying a property of that size? Like, was it something that you, you, like, why not just go bigger, I guess, in in the beginning? Or was that the comfort zone for you going smaller? Yeah. So the comfort zone for me was going bigger. So passively investing right away. The comfort zone for my husband was being a GP on a smaller Mm -hmm. project right away. Uh Um, And so that was kind of the conflict that we worked through there. Um, But everything seemed to line up. So we had built our team. So we had a really great property manager who was already managing properties in the Duluth area. So we wouldn't have the astronomical overhead of a full-blown property management company and accounting like we would if we had to do it on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, the investors, my two girlfriends just lined up one day and said, Hey Megan, we're looking at investing in opportunity zones. Do you know anything where we can park a bunch of money from our tech industry earnings and just not pay capital yeah. gains tax mm-hmm. on it? And I was like, great question. Let me go source and find some things. So uh-huh. <laughs> that, that was kind of what happened is things started to align to make it less risky to do an 18 unit on our own. And what was that? Can you tell us a little bit more about that deal? Like what, um, is it a B class, C class property? Yep. So it's like a C plus B minus property right now. There's a lot of, um, affordable housing vouchers that are in the Uh property. Um, it's not deemed section eight right now, but we're in the process of flipping all the units, doing basic cosmetic updates, um, and then repositioning it to target the younger millennials that are continuing to work in Duluth and then mm-hmm. some of the graduate students. So basic cosmetic updates on kitchens and bathrooms and changing out flooring and paint. Mm-hmm. So nothing too extravagant, um, uh-huh. but we're looking at about a 23% IRR. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. nice. And so for our listeners who might not have heard of opportunities, <laughs> which they should yeah. definitely look into, tell us what an opportunity zone is and how it impacts both the investment as well as the community. Yeah. So an opportunity zone is this place on a map that <laughs> has been designated for revitalization, essentially. Um, and so there's some pretty significant tax savings. I'm going to say I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a tax professional. <laughs> Please consult <laughs> both of those professionals. But there's some significant earnings savings possible when you look to invest in these types of properties. So you can defer any capital gains for set periods of time. But if you choose to leave your money in an opportunity zone investment for 10 years or longer, there's zero capital gains which is huge when I talk to my friends who bought stock in places like Amazon more than 10 years ago. And they're like, hey, Megan, we have all of these capital gains coming up from our stock. What can we put this in? And so an opportunity zone investment property is a really great 
idea. Yeah. And so then as a, an operator of a property in an opportunity zone, are there certain rules that you have to follow certain things that you need to do to the property during the time that 10 years that you're holding it in order to qualify for those, um, those capital gains benefits? Yeah. So there are a couple of things. Again, I would recommend that you consult with a licensed professional. Yes. Um, but you want to make the, the renovations really, really quickly and do that improvement within the first 24 months. Um, and then the improvements that you're doing need to be a significant portion of what the purchase price of the property is. Mm-hmm. And so again, we're doing focusing on doing cosmetic updates on the inside and then painting and windows on the outside. We'll get back to our conversation with Megan in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid, like we were, that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. And now... Back to our chat with Megan Lanke. And so you've got this 18 unit, um, which you're currently working on, and you've also got some passive investments. And so what's next for you? What are you, are you looking for more active properties to syndicate? Or are you looking for more passive investments? Yes, all of the above. <laughs> yep, so I'm, <laughs> I'm actively looking at passively investing in <laughs> other syndication groups. And then I source for uh, syndications on my own every day. So I underwrite 10 properties and send two LOIs every morning. Wow. And are you doing all of that on your own or do you have a team that helps you with that? Yeah. Great question. So I actually purchased the Michael Blanc syndicated deal analyzer and I'm able to underwrite them on my own. I have a really great team of people once we pull the trigger on something or get an LOI accepted, but no, i I crunch the numbers. Occasionally, Derek will look over at them to make sure we're mitigating risk correctly. I'm being conservative, but no, it's just a matter of getting at bats. 
That's great. That it's it's so empowering when you can do it on your own and you don't, you don't have to wait for somebody else to do it. That you can rely on yourself and you have the control over tweaking all the numbers and doing all the research and due diligence. What kind of criteria are you guys looking for, both in terms of the active side and the passive side? And the reason I'm asking is just because I know that there are a lot of people out there who don't know what to look for and they don't know you know what makes sense. And they may hear your story and hear about the path that you've taken and might be curious about, well, what sounds like a good deal to you and, you know, in the, on the passive side. And then, so I guess that's like kind of the first question is what is the um, criteria that you're looking for? And then also what's kind of like the goal? I'm curious because I think that's another thing that people don't know. It's like, okay, you got the criteria, you find the deal, you invest in the deal. Like what is your, at the end of the day, goal to do with the passive money? Like, are you working towards something? Um, So tell us a little bit about that. Okay. So on a passive side, the types of opportunities that we look to invest in are hundred plus unit, um, value add, B plus, sometimes A minus, depending on um, when they were built. So we look at properties that were built in the 1960s to the 1980s. One of the biggest pieces of criteria that we look for is that they're in a good school district. So Google will actually review all of the school districts around properties. And so we look for school districts that are eight or higher because uh, we know that people will always want to have their kids in good school districts. Even if there's a recession, you'll always want great public schools. Mm-hmm. Other than that, 100 plus unit value add, 60s to the 80s, solid track record of a professional management team um, that they've done other syndications mm-hmm. in the area or already have a similar system to make it easily duplicatable. Returns, we're looking at 15% IRR or higher. I mean, obviously higher is better, but mm-hmm. just that, that consistency. And the other thing that we really prefer is monthly distributions. I know some management teams do quarterly, mm-hmm. um, but from a cash flow perspective, knowing for us that it's covering the cost of daycare, mm-hmm. we have to pay daycare mm-hmm. every month. And so monthly distributions from our passive income help with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then from the side where I'm a general partner, the criteria shifts a little bit. So still looking at value add, but we're willing to take a little bit more risk. So primarily in Minnesota and Iowa, that is at least within a five hour driving radius, sometimes South Dakota, it's 20 units to about 80 units. So that chunk of the multifamily apartment industry that kind of gets pushed to the side. So some people are more comfortable with less than 12 units. Some people really want the 100 plus. So we take kind of the the chunk that's neglected (laughs) and look at those. Um, Still value add built in 60s, 70s, or 80s that are in good school districts and can have some light cosmetic updates and then some heavier exterior updates as allowing for capital expenditures. Can you tell us a little bit about going back to like the passive side? You mentioned you're looking for deals that are over a hundred units that have the value add. Like, can you tell maybe the the listeners why that is important? Like, why do you, why does that matter? Yeah. So value add is important to us because then you're getting uh, more equity when you either have an exit strategy, like selling the property or looking to refinance. So some Mm -hmm. of the investments that we've looked at are 100 plus units and they 
do major rehabs in the first 12 to 24 months, stabilize the asset, and then you get a return of sometimes 80% of your equity and then continue to collect profit on a monthly basis for the duration of, of the investment. So for us, value add is more lucrative. I know there's some strategies that say just invest in a class A stabilized asset. That's great. We found that we get a higher return when we're looking at a value add. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. So tell us a little bit about your goals. I'd love to hear like, yeah. what are you working towards? That's something that um, Annie and I talk about quite often. And I think that there are probably a lot of people out there who don't even know, you know, it's like if you were given a free ticket to create your life and design your life, however you wanted it to look like, and you know, money wasn't a huge concern, what would that be like? And, um, so we're always curious to hear from other folks, like what your dreams are and you know, what you're yeah. going to do. So our goal for 2020 is a little unorthodox. So mm-hmm. Because we've structured my business to give 50% of our all of the commissions from any residential transactions or any um, syndications away, our major goal this year is to build a station in Myanmar, Thailand that helps with border control to help fight human trafficking. So we work with this really great organization called Venture, where they've shared stats with us of saying that if they set up one border patrol station, a thousand girls under the age of 10 and sometimes as young as two can be stopped from human trafficking and then given oh a home, great education, food, shelter, mental health resources. And then they actually teach them how to be entrepreneurs and like be really great community and Christian leaders. And so for me, my business goal is yes, I want to help people buy and sell more houses. Yes, I want to do more syndications, but more importantly, I want to generate enough money so that we can build at least one border patrol station this year so that every year it's intact and in place, a thousand kids get saved. And so that's, that's my big goal. Wow. How did you find that? Yeah. Uh, like, how did you, because when I think about giving, there's so many different ways to give. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. you know, so how did you come across that particular cause and what resonates with you guys about that cause? Yeah, great question. Um, so we came across venture.org um, because they came and spoke at our church. And so they have this tagline of doing tough things for people in tough places. And so They were raising money and getting dads involved to do this 100-mile bike ride for Fathers for the Fatherless. So how could they um, train and then bike 100 miles so that they could support thousands of kids who don't have fathers in Thailand and Myanmar? Um, And so that kind of opened our eyes to the whole organization. We had volunteered at Feed My Starving Children, which is a partner of theirs for years. Mm. Um, and then Feed My Starving Children supplies all of the food to the kids in the venture program. So it just seems like a natural fit. Um, anytime Derek and I look at giving, we always look at the financials of the organization. And what stood out to us is that Venture and Feed My Starving Children are four-star accredited, which is the highest level that any nonprofit could get. Mm -hmm. Um, And they give over 95% of 
the money they raise directly to the cause and at venture it's a hundred percent because the employees stipends are or the employee salaries are or are generated through a different channel. And so that was really important to us so that every dollar we gave went directly to fighting a cause. Mm-hmm. Um, they have this really great program that's set up for business owners and entrepreneurs called Business for Good. So the tagline we use in our businesses, find a home, give a home. Mm-hmm. And so every time we help somebody find a place called home in an apartment building or find a home that they're going to live in as a primary residence, we turn around and, and give a home to a girl that was trapped. Wow. 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 Yeah. That's incredible. That's so amazing. I want to, I'm going to look into that venture.org yeah. you said, right? We'll put yeah, that in the show notes. Org. Yeah. Wow. Well, you just answered, I think one of our <laughs> last three questions. Um, and, and let's, let's, you know, move into our, uh, investing for good impact round. I think this is a good time yeah. to move in there. So we're going to ask you a couple of questions about investing for good. Um, mm-hmm. and I know for sure that that's definitely going to be one of the answers to one of the questions, yeah. which is probably the most, um, meaningful and impactful, uh, way that somebody is giving back to the world and one that I definitely want to look into. I have two young little girls and it just breaks my heart, you know, to think yeah. about other little girls out there who, um, you know, are just, it, I can't even go there. You know, it's, it's really hard yeah. for me. So knowing that, um, and 50% of your income, I mean, my gosh, I can't even, yeah. I, I mean, that's like a whole nother podcast that we have to go into in terms of like the financials and how you're doing yeah. all of that. But anyway, let's, let's, <laughs> yeah, anytime, let's, anytime let's get to it. So the first question is investing in yourself. So what is one way that your investments are helping you to live a better life? Yeah. Great question. So now that we have income from our passive investments, I was able to step away from working 80 plus hours a week and focus on filling hey. my cup first. Yeah. <laughs> so what that looks like is, um, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the miracle morning. So working yeah. through and doing a meditation and reading and focusing on working out and mm. really filling that cup so that I can in turn pour out into my marriage and into my daughter and into the community, but taking that time to focus on myself first. Cause as, a busy mom, I feel like myself was investing in myself was always coming last um, when I was just in the grind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's so much of why Annie and I do what we do in our business at Good Egg Investments and why we do this is because, I mean, imagine if more people in the world could find the time or mothers especially could find the time for themselves. Like what, you know, we were talking with, um, one, another guest, um, Monique Calm the other day on one of yeah. our other podcasts, and we were talking about all of this. Like when women are given money, when we're the, given the opportunity, they do good things with it, right? And mm-hmm. so imagine like what a, a better world this place would be if more women had more time in the day to continue to serve just by serving themselves first, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I love that. And is everything why we do what we do um, and why I, Passive investing has changed my life um, as well. Uh, and so I love that. So, okay. Second question is around investing in others. So can you share mm-hmm. one investment strategy or one hack, you know, that you've learned throughout your journey that you might be able to share with our audience that will help them catapult their uh, investing journey? So one thing that I think is just foundational to our story is 
I got my own finances in control first. So uh, go through Financial Peace University, like literally just enroll in the class. I know for our tenants, if they enroll and attend all nine weeks, we give them the money for the class back because we know it's going to dramatically change their life. Um, but get your finances in order so that you can tolerate risk. You have the leverage to invest in additional real estate or additional investments. But take the time to do your budget and get your finances in order is, is a game changer. How much was that course? It's $100. Oh, wow. That's, wow. A hundred dollars to change your life. A hundred dollars. A hundred dollars. That's not a bad deal. Yeah. A hundred dollars in nine weeks. So for all of the people who are 18 and older in our 18 unit apartment building, we said, great, we'll pay for you to go through Financial Peace University at this local church. If you attend all nine weeks, we'll give you your hundred dollars back because we know it'll help them stabilize their right. financial situation and pay rent on time. Right. Which makes everybody happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll definitely so, have to get the details yeah. for that, like the website and put it in the show yeah. notes because yeah. I would love to share that with my tenants as well in my primary home, not my primary, but my rentals that I have. Um, love that idea. And your story really resonated with me in the early days because way back when, before I got really serious into real estate, I had loads of debt and um, was just telling Annie a funny story the other day um, about all this credit card debt that I had and um, did the same thing. I had my full-time job. I had side hustles that I did, um, got rid of the fancy car, um, you know, drove a junky jalopy car for I don't even know how long. And, you know, just started reinvesting all that money that I was just blowing on all kinds of other stuff. And after I got rid of the debt and then started investing yeah. in real estate, and that was really, you know, I went through a time when, you know, everyone else was, you know, having these big fancy weddings mm-hmm. and spending all kinds of money doing stuff. And that was the time when I was trying to, you know, yeah. pay down everything and, and grow. And now here I am now, um, you know, a lot of those folks are still working full-time job and here I am now, I'm not working anymore and we've created mm-hmm. all this passive income, but because it was because of the work that we did, you know, way back when and earlier on. So I think that's so sage advice um, and definitely something that I think anyone who has a lot of debt should definitely uh, think about and look into. Yeah. And then the other thing, Derek and I teach that class in the Minneapolis area. So uh, at least four times a year, if you want really great teachers that have paid off half a million dollars in debt, come to our class. That's amazing. That's amazing. Cool. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely put that in the show notes and uh, anyone who has lots of debt, go talk to Megan because it's a step. You can't, you cannot get to a point of like investing in single family homes and syndications and all of that, unless you've got that covered first. That's kind of like Mm -hmm. a no brainer. And you know, really it it was like, that's for me, it was like, okay, well what next? Like I paid, I did all of that. And then it was like, okay, well now what do I do? And I kept going to financial advisors and they were like, well, you could put it in stocks and bonds. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm talking about, I I want something to give me like substantial income today to pay for daycare or to pay for, you know, different things, groceries or whatever, and you know, all these different things. And no one had the answer until I fell into real estate. And that's when I discovered this is what, you know, was like the hidden secret. This is the next step Mm -hmm. after you've paid off all of those debts and all of those things. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, love that. And I would venture to guess that even if somebody 
didn't have loads of debt, but they maybe haven't created a budget or maybe they've just been blindly sort of going along. Maybe they don't have huge credit card debt, but they're paying it off, but they don't sort of have a vision or plan for that Mm -hmm. purpose-driven life and how to build that solid financial foundation under them. I'm sure that they could get a lot out of the class as well. Is that right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, We've helped people who have a ton of debt and people who have had no debt and um, going through the steps of finding freedom, then finding a purpose once you've found that financial freedom. And then once you have that purpose, how do you make a difference? Because I feel like we're all called to have a purpose and make a difference, not just fog a mirror. (laughs) So (laughs) that's what the class really teaches you is how do you live that that purpose-driven life or how do you live and then Mm -hmm. give like nobody else? Live and give. Yeah. Love it. I love that. I love that so much. And I feel like that's something that I am definitely going to think about um, because I feel like we're kind of at that place now too, where we're trying to think about, okay, you know, we've created all this passive income, don't have any debt. What's the next step? And I really feel mm-hmm. like the the giving back is something that's missing in my life and is definitely something that we'll look into for sure. Mm-hmm. So thanks for sharing that. Okay. okay last question. Um, but yeah. I think you, like I said, you've already answered this one, but I'll <laughs> let you answer. Um, what is one way that your investments are helping to make the world a better place? Yeah. I mean, it's, the stories of little girls that are being saved in Thailand and Myanmar. I mean, their whole world is being changed. They're given a high quality education, food, shelter, hope. They're taught to be entrepreneurs. They, the cool part is that when venture started a couple of years ago with just a handful of girls, now some of these girls are in the most prominent positions in Thailand and government because they went through this program oh, wow. or they're like prominent entrepreneurs in the community. And so just seeing the lives change, that's what our business does. Where, yes, I'm in the real estate business, but I'm also in the business of changing lives. So, Yes. You're not just in real estate. We're not just in real estate. We're we're all in the business of changing lives. Ah, that's so powerful. So Megan, you've shared a lot, but I'm sure there's more to learn. So what's the best place that our listeners can go to learn more about you and all the things that you're doing? Yeah. So our website is my name, MeganLampke.com. From there, you can link to all of our social media platforms or send me an email um, and get our newsletter updates about the impact that we're making. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely put all of that in the show notes. So for all our listeners, definitely reach out to Megan and learn more about her and her story. Megan Lampke, realtor, passive investor, and multifamily syndicator. Megan, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks. Thank you, Julie. Thanks, Annie. It's been a delight. You've been listening to Investing for Good, the number one podcast for people like you who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design, and impact the world around them. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com slash podcast. And be sure to join the Investing for Good Facebook community. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations every week. Until next time, keep investing for good.